We can do a lot of good when we do small things for God. Amen? So for, for the next seven weeks, we are going to be uh, heading in a direction of intentionality of doing things for God. We always talk about what God does for us, and it's ongoing. The list can go on and on and on and on. Every breath that we take is a gift from God. Every step that we take is a gift from God. You know, every uh, word that we speak, it's a gift from God. So God, is, God does his part as far as him providing everything that we have in life to make a, an eternal difference for our own good. But he also calls us to do things to bring good in the, in the lives of people. And so our focal point for three weeks is going to be on missions. If I was to ask you right now in your, in your outline and you were to define what missions is, what is missions? It's going other places, whether it's across the street or across the world, to bring glory to Jesus Christ. It's going with the gospel, the, the good news, which we talked about last week on how important the gospel is, how central it is to the church being great. The church is great because the church is where you find the good news of Jesus Christ. And that never changes. And so from the church, from God's people, that good news goes out and it makes a difference wherever we go. But that's not comfortable. So the next six and seven weeks is not about being comfortable. It's about getting uncomfortable. It's about shedding tears. It's about uh, just being uh, disappointed with what's going on in our world. And some of you might say in our country and actually doing something about it. Amen. And so if, if, if you're here and, and uh, you're in a season of comfort, it's about to change if you're, if you're desiring to do what God calls you to do. Because here's the thing, that Jesus called his disciples to do things that they didn't want to do, to go places that they thought they'd never go, and, uh, and to bring glory to his name as they were doing that. And I believe that every church, every local church is called to do the same. And so, you know, we'll finish up this, these seven weeks into the eighth week, and I believe that's about right, uh, with our uh, campaign, annual campaign, where we go out, we close the doors of the church so that we can open up our hearts to our communities and we serve our, our cities. And we've done this for the past, you know, over five years that we go into different areas and, uh, and we use our, our hands and our feet and our, and our collective efforts uh, to, to do wonderful things that, that our, our communities, they notice how good God is because they notice how good God's people are. Amen? So that's, that's where we're, we're headed. And, and uh, I, I want us to go to start, kind of foundational text. I want us to go to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at verse 18 and 19 today, and that's going to be kind of a, uh, a, a founding text to where uh, the Lord will take us. I, I want to title today's message just a simple word, go. Go. And in that, um, we find in, Matt, in Matthew 28, verse 18, that Jesus came to his disciples. This is after he was resurrected, after he rose from the dead. He spent time with his closest friends and followers. And he said these words to them in his initial visit. He said, it, the word says, Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So process that statement. Who has all authority in heaven? Who has all authority on the earth? Jesus. Okay, so now he's going to say something that's going to go along with it. It's going to hinge with that statement. Because all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth, he says, therefore, go. That's his first 
statement to his disciples. Therefore, go and make a lot of money. You wish it said that, but it doesn't say that. Go and make disciples of America. Of all nations. He's talking to to Israelites here. Go uh, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. October 15th, we're going to have baptisms. And I know that I know that I know that I know that there are people in here, people that are watching online, people that will be in second service, people that are in the Copper Corridor campus, that you guys have made professions of faith and you need to take that next step in baptism. I remember when I came to faith in Jesus Christ as an adult, I had been raised in a denomination where they baptize infants. The problem that I have with that is, number one, it's not biblical. Say amen if you believe that. From a, from a, from a biblical perspective, we find out that, that infants were not baptized in the New Testament church. And the second thing that's just logical is that a baby never says to their parents, I want to go get baptized. They don't know. So it's really a parent leading their children to be christened or to be sprinkled but the baby has no idea what's going on. And that's, I'll say to you, if you have put your faith in Jesus as an adult, then you're saved. It's your faith in Christ that saves you. But when you're saved, then you go and you are uh, obedient to what Jesus said, that every disciple gets water baptized. And what you find in the New Testament is they, they got baptized by immersion. And that's important as well. The reason that immersion is important is because when you go into the water, you die with Christ. When you come out of the water, you're raised with Christ into new life. Are you with me? And don't believe that because I'm saying it's what the Bible says. And so he's telling his disciples to go and to go to all nations. And he wants for them to to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, if, if you keep on reading, it says, and I want you to teach them to observe all the things that I am teaching you. And so that's why we, we submit ourselves, we devote ourselves to the apostles' doctrine because they teach us what Jesus taught. And it's, it, it's how we live our life. So, so when we think missions, I, I want to bring to you this, this, uh, this, this emphasis Love, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be real careful because some of you guys are going to get political on me. So just put your political, put your political, uh, your, your, that, that stronghold that, that you may have politically, put it aside and put on Christ right now. Amen? Just, just say amen with me. Amen. Okay. So love, love knows no borders. Love knows no borders. See, the love of Christ liberates. So on your outline, you can put it right there, love liberates. Love sets us free. There's no boundaries with love. People put boundaries up. God doesn't. God breaks boundaries. Now, now, if I was talking to you from a political standpoint, I would say that boundaries are put up there to safeguard. Amen? But I'm not talking in a political sense. I'm talking in a, in a theological sense. I'm talking from the perspective of God. God wants to save people. And it doesn't matter where you're from. You're valuable to God. Canadians are valuable to God. But so are Mexicans. So are Russians. So are Asians. Every person, every person is born in the image of God, with the image of God. Now, without Christ, that image is tarnished with sin. And Jesus restores it when you put your faith in him. But you need to know that every person is valuable. So, so love liberates. Uh, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son 
that whoever believes in who? In the Son, in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, borders, they restrict. And you have to discern the difference between healthy boundaries or borders and, and uh, 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 fear, unhealthy bias, prejudice, dividing walls which restrict God's love from being shared with our world. There, there was a time in the, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament church, in the early church, there was a time that, uh, that the, 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 the Jewish believers did not mingle with the Gentiles. There was a time, you find that in Scripture. But there was a time in America where churches were filled with only white people and anyone of color went to other churches. There, there, there's, there's people that discriminate. I, I know Hispanics that discriminate against other people because they're not Hispanic. You see, the heart of man can get pretty ugly. And that includes women. The heart of women can get pretty ugly too because we have bias, we have prejudice. And, and when, we, when we put boundaries, when we put boundaries, uh, what, we, what we negate to do is to let the love of God permeate our world. Amen? So there's a place in Scripture where, where the gospel was, was moving out first into the, into the, the, the Israelites, the Jewish, Jewish church was birthed in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, and then they were supposed to go out and witness for Christ. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. In other words, you're even going to die for me in Jerusalem and Judea. The, the, the actual, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it actually says, both in Jerusalem and Judea, and then Samaria, that was important. Samaria was, were the half-breed. They were half-Jew and half-everything else. He said, I want you for it to, to, to be my witness in, in all these three places and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, this was not happening if you read the first part of the book of Acts. Can I tell you why? Because this, this early church had a lot of prejudice. They had a lot of, they, they, they had a lot of bias. And so the Holy Spirit, through a man whose name was Saul, he later on was known by the name of Paul, he started to persecute the church in a very, very big time way. And he started to move them out of Jerusalem. He didn't know what he was doing. He was spreading the gospel before he was a Christian. Paul met Jesus on the way to Damascus in, in, in Acts chapter 10 and chapter 9. And there in that place, he was converted to a follower of Christ. He became a follower of Christ. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. But before that, he was an enemy of the church. But God used him before he came to Christ to move them out. And in, in Acts chapter 11, we see that, that, uh, that Peter is, is sent by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sends Peter to a, a man's name, a man's house whose name was Cornelius. Raise your hand if you know who Cornelius is. Amen. Online, raise your hand if you know who Cornelius is. So Cornelius was a Gentile who was praying to God. He was, a, he was a good man. He loved God, but he didn't know God because he didn't know Jesus. So the Holy Spirit said to Cornelius, go and find this Peter. Send out for this guy named Peter. He's going to be praying, and, and he's going to come to, to show you the way. And so Peter comes, but he brought a lot of other uh, Jewish believers with him because he knew he was going to face persecution Because he was going to go into a Gentile home. And when he went into that home, the Holy Spirit fell on those Gentiles. And, and they all were filled with the Spirit. They all received Jesus. They began to speak in tongues. They began to manifest the works of God. And they got saved. Now, do you think that the, the Jewish believers were happy about that? That were waiting for Peter? Let's, let's read what it says. Acts chapter 11. If you have your Bible, you can go there. You can, it's in your notes. Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to read verse 18. 
the apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, I want you to understand who that is, the circumcised believers were, were those Jewish believers that followed the law in circumcision, okay? So the Gentiles were called uh, unclean because they were not circumcised, okay? So the circumcised believers criticized him, right? So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of an uncircumcised men and you ate with them. How dare you? And when they heard this, uh, when, when, when they heard this, so, so Peter explained to them what had happened, how the Holy Spirit came and fell on them, just like he had on the, the Israel believers, the Jewish believers in Pentecost. And so they, he, he said that to them, and then this is their response. When they heard this, they had no further objections, and they praised God, saying, so then even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. That's a very important statement right there. So, so then, even to Gentiles. So that's going to be your big takeaway today. Your big takeaway is this, okay? The one big thing that I want you to grab a hold of. And in your outline, you have this. Because there's someone in your life, there's, there's a people group in your life, there's a, there's a person in your life that you think that, that they don't even deserve salvation, you think they would never come to faith. The thought of them bothers you. Ooh. The, the, the thought of what, what, they're, what they're representing, it bothers you. That's exactly what the, what the Jewish believers felt about Gentiles. Okay? So, so I want you to feel this out. So then even to, there's a, there's a line there. Even to, you know who that person is, you know who that people group is, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And the reason that I want you to write that down is because God's going to use you to pray for them. God's going to use you to speak to them. God's going to use you to go to them. God's going to use you to overcome your bias, your prejudice, your fear. We, we took this, this, uh, this wonderful Christian lady on a, on a mission trip. She signed up to, <clears throat> to go with us to, I think it was Guatemala, so Central America. And um, I'll never forget her husband calling me personal call. And he said, I, I need for you to guarantee that she's going to be safe. Guarantee. I said, I, I can't even guarantee she's going to be safe at Walmart, bro. But, but we will do everything we can to do what honors God in keeping the safety and security of our team. But I'll never forget this. During one of our mornings, we would have a devotion, a devotional before we go out into the, into the village and, and minister to people. And do, we did a medical clinic at that time, and I think I might have done a, a pastor's workshop for the village pastors. But I'll never forget that she shared her story and how the Lord had been stir, stirring her heart to go on a missions trip, but she was scared to death to go across the border into another country. And when she went on this trip that went against her fears and maybe her husband's biases, she was set free. And she came back a different person. And so my heart, beloved, my heart is for Living Word Chapel in the next five years to send more people 
to go with more people, for us to be a missions-oriented church that we will go and reach people for the glory of God, not only across the world, but across the street. Because we need people in America to know Jesus as much as we need people in other countries to go. Here's here's a commission from Christ, and I talked about it, but I'm going to read it in Scripture. Acts 1.8, you will receive power. He's talking to his disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And how many of you have given your life to Jesus and you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Just raise your hand. Yeah. You, You should feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is a promise that not only do we go with God's authority, but we go with God's power. How many of you have been fearful to talk to that person in your circle of influence about Jesus because you feel they're going to think something that you're weird or something. You have the authority of Christ, but you also have the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about it. Churches that understand that, they understand that you're not going alone. In our elders' prayer meeting this morning, we meet every morning to talk about things and pray about our services. It was amazing how we talked about what's going on in our world. And one of the things that, 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 that I took away was that we don't ever go alone. We always have God. You know what's the beautiful thing about me preaching up here is I'm not alone. The Holy Spirit's with me right now. God, God is here. And and it's God's plan for us to go and make a difference for his glory. It's God's plan for you to to break down the walls of bias and prejudice and fear. And the things that keep people separated. And especially keep them separated from the one thing that's important. And the one thing that's important is a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes a difference. So, So God calls us to go. The first place that God calls us to go is across the street. There may be someone across the street that you may not like, but God never called us to like people. God called us to love people. And so we we receive power because the Holy Spirit has come on you if you're a believer in Jesus and you are the witness in your, where you live primarily where you live, in Jerusalem. That's where the disciples lived. And you need, to, you need to, to know, you need to kind of internalize this truth that you are called to be a powerful witness to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to your schools, to your family, and to your friends. Not just a witness, but a powerful witness. A powerful testimony. Every person in close proximity is important to God. And and the first thing that I want you to grab a hold of is that I or you cannot reach our neighbors with our own charisma, with our own intellect, or even our own strength. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. When the the Holy Spirit comes on you, then you will be empowered to witness. And so we have to be intentional about relying on the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. You see, that person that's driving you crazy or that that people group that's driving you crazy or that, you know, that I could say a lot of other things, but just keep it with those. They're no match for the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that life is a test. And every, every situation that we have is a test. Are we going to face it with our own 
intellect, our own power, our own strength, our own philosophies, or are we going to face that difficult circumstance with the power of God? Every day, every day is a new opportunity. I don't get tomorrow, I don't get yesterday back. Tomorrow has not yet come, but today, I have today. And, and here's what, what I know for sure, that, that it's God who draws people. It's not the pastor. It's not, it's not even your, 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 your Bible IQ. It's, all of that is wonderful, but, but what draws people is the Father. John, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, in the Gospel of John, Jesus talking, he said this, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up at the last day. In other words, he's going to do his job. But as you share, then you leave it with, with God. He's the one that's doing the drawing. Amen? He's the one that's doing the internal work. He, he's the one that's able. You can call this the God element of our evangelism. It, it teaches us that Jesus in his earthly life... He placed complete reliance on the Father's will and complete dependency on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And you and I have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to share God with our neighbors. It's no different for us. We have to surrender our agenda to God and receive his plan for our lives in those people that he wants to reach. Amen? There's, there's, there's some simple things that you do. It's just relying on God. I, I say this over and over and over again. I think it needs to be said because I think it's very helpful. In fact, in our, in our Real Men study on, on, on Wednesday, someone said how they changed the way that they started their day, and they used to start their day by watching news, and now they start the day with reading the Word of God, the good news. And it changed their attitude. It changed the way that they, that they live their life. It changed everything in, 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 their, in the, their peace of mind and the peace that they have in their heart. It changed the way that they live. Now, now hear me. That's intentionality right there. That's relying on God for everything that you're going to face. It's the same when you go around people you have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit so that they can see a difference in your life and they're going to want what you have. What you have is, is that you have Jesus Christ. You have God and he's real, amen? He's real. You know, there's so many goal moments that we find in the life of Jesus. He, he went in, in uh, John chapter four, he went through Samaria so that he could meet a woman who was an outcast. And he changed her, not only her earthly life, but he changed her eternal life by giving her living water. And the disciples, they wanted to skip that region because they did not like Samaritans. They were at odds with Samaritans. We can learn from the word of God. See, a lot of us, we want to skip places because we don't like the way that they live. And we don't like the things that they do. Jesus didn't care about the things that they were doing. He cared about their hearts. He wanted to change them for the glory of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have something that your unsaved neighbors are missing. They need Christ. And if you, if you read John chapter 4, verse 42, the, the woman went there to the, the village and she spoke to them about what Jesus had done in her life. And, and verse 42 says, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because you said, now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Now, how many of you in here would say that Jesus Christ is your Savior? You would just say, ah, Jesus is my Savior. I follow him. 
Do you think that that salvation that he's provided for you, that peace that he's provided for you is available to your neighbors? Why wouldn't we want to share that? Why, why, why don't we look for opportunities for that to happen? There's always opportunities. I'll never forget the time that we had these neighbors next door and, 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 uh, and, and you know, something happened that night. They got into a, a tiff, a, a fight, and, and uh, the next morning, Shauna's going. Uh, it's, the next morning was Sunday, so it happened Saturday night, late. We slept through the whole thing, but they were fighting, and, and so she said, Shauna, did you hear us last night? We're sorry about what happened, and my wife was like, I, we didn't hear anything. She said, well, I was chasing my husband around with a knife in front, of your, in front of your yard. We slept through the whole thing. Even our dog slept through it. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So she said to, to Shauna, I'm at the end of myself. I don't know what to do. And Shauna said, well, you need Jesus. That's all I did. It's Jesus. And they, they gave their life to Jesus, and the rest is history. So, beloved, don't, you can't tell me that your neighbors, without Christ, they might not be chasing each other with a knife. I know that. But they might be chasing each other with a, with a spoon. I don't know. But, but what I want to say is that don't tell me that your neighbors who don't have Jesus are not facing some major dilemmas because they don't have God in their life. You are the light in that world. You are the salt in that world. Now, so he commissions us to go across the street, but he also commissions us to go across the country. I'm just following Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses not only in Jerusalem, but also in Judea. So we are called to be a powerful witness in, our, in your city, in your state, and in your country. Not only across the street, but also in your community. Let me say something to you. This is important. That once you allow God to move you out, he will expand your borders. God doesn't limit your borders. He expands your borders. I'll tell you why. When you go across the street and, and someone comes to Jesus, they have a circle of influence as well. And guess what? Your influence is influencing their influence. And then it goes into the city. And then from the city, it goes into the state. And then it goes into the country. There are people across the country who God has set up an ordained appointment for you to meet and for you to share the love of God with. I was blessed last week. I, I, I shared a post from our Living Word Chapel uh, uh, Facebook page, um, Instagram page on what the Lord is doing in our after-school program and what he's doing in our Copper Corridor Cafe. And let me, for those of you that use social media, you can use social media for, for good things. Social media can be used for a lot of bad, but can I tell you, God's people can use it for God's good. Amen? And so I, there was a response on my, on my, on my Facebook page, and... I put on there, I, I love what, what Jesus is doing at the, at the Copper Corridor campus. To all, here's an invite. See, so I'm trying to spread the net. I'm, trying, I'm throwing the net out. To, to all my, to all my uh, Dudleyville, Hayden, Winkleman, Kearney, and Superior Facebook friends, and my familia, throw a little bit of Spanish there, see, and my familia, we'd love to have you come and worship with us on Sundays. And then hashtag, you got to put a hashtag, God is great. Amen? I'm, I'm teaching you guys something. God is great. How many of you believe God is great? Yeah, that's easy, right? So, so that, took me, that took me three minutes to put that. Now, there's a response on, on one, of the, one of the comments. And, and I'm doing Liana's wedding 
uh, in a couple weeks. I'm so, so excited about that. But Lana Lopez, you know, she's going through social media. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, there's a couple people that do social media. So, so Liana gets on, on her page and she says, yeah, on this, on this, on this uh, post, and she responds, how amazing it is to witness God's work through this church. Now, I remember when Liana first came through the doors of the church. She didn't know Jesus. This is two years ago. And guess what? We loved her. We embraced her. And she was at a place where she needed something, but what she needed was God. And so she says, it's a, how amazing it is to witness God's work through his church, through this church. And to think it all began at a high school mini stage. Now, she remembered it took her back to when we launched at Hayden High School. It launched at Hayden High School and we had this service and all these people came and, and, and we restored that, 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 that campus. We, we put all kinds of money and did all kinds of work and it made a noticeable difference in the community. This is Hayden. And for you that are watching in Hayden, I'm rooting for you to be state champs this year in football. I just did the wedding for the coach this year. And so, so we, we see all this, uh, you know, and then, she, and then she puts scripture. She says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And everyone said, amen. Now, that's me. Can I tell you something? You have more or as much influence in your circle. Anyone in here on social media, just raise your hand if you're on social media. And if you're not, don't worry about it. It's, it's okay if you're not. Okay, do you have any people as friends or family that are from another place outside of Oracle, San Manuel, Saddlebrook Ranch? Anyone? Maybe another, maybe another part of the country? Anyone? Yeah. You're impacting them all the time. Amen? You can leverage the goodness of God for, for this so we find, we find there, it always starts with, with, with go. Even in social media. Whatever God will allow for you to use as a platform, you can use it to reach people for his glory. Amen? I could go on and on and on with that because, uh, you know, I could say that Liana has many friends in her circle that they, when she posts that, they all can read it. Amen? So it just, it's just a, a great opportunity. So, so what we find here in the books of, the book of Acts, we find that John and Peter went, went through, uh, you know, once Christ had commissioned them, then they go through to the temple, and they go through this gate called the beautiful gate, right? I'm just giving you instances of things that happen. So they go through, the, through this this gate called the beautiful gate. Now, Jesus had gone through this gate many times in his earthly ministry. And there was a lame man that was laid there every day in the temple for 40 years in front of that gate. Now, this time, this time, Peter and John go through that gate. And this is what happens. The beggar, this, this beggar is, is begging for alms. He's begging for help. And Peter said to him... And some of you have heard this famous line. He said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Now I'm going to pause right there because sometimes you think, I can't make a difference because I don't have money to make a difference. You don't need money. You need Jesus. Okay? You need Jesus. Money or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Now that's important right there because here, hear me, how many of you come into this, this time of worship and you jump up and down and praise God? <laughs> he did. 
He praised God. He was praising God. And then uh, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to, used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, now here's your takeaway for, for that, for that uh, important point. Silver or gold doesn't transform people's lives. The power of the name of Jesus Christ does. So that takes your excuse out. God uses us to go in the power of the name of Jesus. We go with his authority. We go with that miracle working power. That, did you notice when we were singing the, the songs how every one of those songs, intention, they were intentional about us going somewhere with the power of God that the worship team did? It's it just teaching us how important it is for us to do this. Now, there's a balance in the scriptures. So there's a balance. So Peter and John, they teach us that you don't need monetary blessings to make a difference in people's lives. And at the same time, monetary blessings that are collectively working through the church do make a difference. Are you with me? How do we know that? Well, look at what the Bible says right here in, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 through 11. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts. In other words, uh, whatever God blesses you with, they have freely scattered their gifts to, to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So when we put our efforts together, we can also make a difference for the glory of God. Hence, let's think about it. Hence, painting, painting the, 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 um, the cafeteria in Hayden. And we paid for all the paint. Hence, uh, fixing up the park in, in San Manuel, and we paid for all the wood that we put on the, on, the, on the park benches and the tables, brand new. How do we do that? Through the blessings of the saints. Are you with me? So, so God works collectively through all that. Now, here's the third takeaway, okay? So God wants us to go across the street first. He wants us to go um, uh, across the country, but he also wants us to go across the world. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. God will stir your individual hearts as well as stir the heart of the church to not get complacent and do all your work here. He'll send you across the world to make a difference for the glory of God. And I've always thought this. I've always thought about this when you or anybody takes the initiative to go across the world and you go and you, you, you share the love of God with other people, let me tell you, he's already setting them up. Because for you to take your time, for you to even spend your money, for you to trust God... As you go, whether it's Central America, whether it's go to, go to India, we're sending two missionaries to India out of this church in this next month, and they're going over there to make a difference for the glory of God. Where you go, God is going to make a difference because there's something to be said when somebody comes from a distant land to share with you a message that's going to change their life. God sets it up. I believe it with all my heart. Right? <clears throat> and when you do that, when you do that, not only do you make Jesus famous, but people begin to take notice of your church. You, you could go to places in Central America right now and mention the name Living Word Chapel, and they would say, we know that church. 
because our footprints are in the sand. Our footprints are in the dirt. I'll never forget we were doing a clinic and uh, uh, two things that happened. One of the things is someone had cut them, their, their arm with, a, with an ax. Somehow they missed and so they, they went, first of all, we prayed for that man and then after that they did some, some medical work on him and he left there by the grace of God in better shape than when he came in. But another thing happened there. There was this, this lady that, that had, a, had an, uh, an epileptic seizure uh, she had epilepsy, and she had a seizure during one of the clinics, and we'll never forget that, that she fell down and, and she was seizuring. And, and this was not even me. This was a team that all took the step toward her, and they began to, to, to come to her, to her aid. And as they did, they prayed over her. When she, they sat her up, and they prayed for the Lord to touch her. Now, the doctor, Dr. Hugo Gomez, came probably a year later to share with, with the church uh, of some of the things that God was doing over there. And he shared with the church that after we prayed for this woman, not me, but the team prayed for this woman, uh, that she never had a seizure again. That's all Jesus. That has everything to do with Jesus. And, and he said that she had regular seizures since she was young, weekly. And after she got prayed for in the name of Jesus, she never had a seizure again. That's what we can do when we go across the world. As, as Paul um, is writing to the church in Rome, he says, he says this, first of all, I, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, church in Rome, because your faith is being reported all over the world. See, the, 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 the church and the world will not recognize your faith until you go somewhere. Are you with me? Living Word Chapel, please don't get caught up don't get caught up with internalizing and being filled with self. Let's move out wherever God is leading us to go. Amen? That's what God calls us to do. Um, this is what, what, what Jesus said uh, in, in Matthew 24, 14. He says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And only then will the end come. I want to be a part of taking this message wherever God sends us. So here's, here's, here's uh, the close, okay? Here are three ways for, for us to go. The first one is pretty simple. Make a short-term mission trip yourself. So I would say to you, get your passport. Get ready to pack your bags. And go. I, I always hear people telling me, you know, and, and I'm not saying this is wrong. In fact, I, I love doing this myself. You know, we make, we make trips. We go on vacations. Sometimes we go on a cruise. Sometimes we go on a, 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 on a wonderful flight, uh, you know, to other lands. And we do it for ourselves. Why don't we think about doing this for the cause of Jesus as well? The second thing is, if you can't make the trip physically, send someone with your generosity. If you're unable to go, <clears throat> if you're unable to go, send somebody. Let that blessing of God be sent out. There are some young people that could, they would love to go and make a difference for the glory of God. When you send someone, you go with them through your generosity. And the last thing is pray. Pray. And pray for our missions reach to be greater than we could imagine. Let me ask you a question. I want you to, to, to kind of think about this. When is the last time you prayed for our missions reach at Living Word Chapel? When is the last time that you actually said, Lord God, let us reach the nations for your glory? Let us do it through your power, through your authority. I have to believe this, beloved, that if God wants us to go places, he's going to provide the means for us to go. I, I just believe that with all my heart. I, I've seen him provide over and over and over again. If you desire to go and make an eternal difference in someone's life, God will provide what you need to go there. 
and he'll change your heart in the process. Amen? Now, I want for all of us to pray this prayer together. We're going to change it a little bit. In your outline, there's a prayer, and I want us to pray it together, okay? And if, you, if you'll do me a favor, will you pray this prayer daily until next week, and then we'll have another prayer? I'll start this prayer, and we'll pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, which is extended to me in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for leading me to share your love with my world. I ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in my everyday life, especially when it comes to sharing the love of God with those across the street, across the country, and across the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can, can we pray that prayer? Can we, can we intentionally pray that prayer every day this week? And as we go into this missions focus, God is going to do some amazing things. Let's stand up and worship our King. The only thing I want in life is to be for loving Christ, to build His church, to love His bride. Make his name no fault. I'm gonna build on it. For this cause I live, for this cause I die, I surrender for the cause of Christ. of the joy or trial when agonizing questions rise in Jesus all my hope abides for this cause I live for this cause I die I surrender for the cause Wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you next time.